Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show today. Well, we're live in um, uh, we're live in the, the, the basement, the dungeon, really, of um, Illinois Arena, State Farm Arena, where I'm going to get a chance to uh, I'm going to get a chance to call the Illinois-Ohio State game on our good friends at Compass Media's radio network. So we'll get that. Uh, that's at, uh, what time is it local? I don't even know what time locally the game is. If anybody knows, I know it's a couple hours after my show. That's all I'm worried about. Check out the latest lines in the world of sports at Bet River Sportsbook. Bet River is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21, present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. To play gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, there's new stories out about uh, LeBron James. I'll get to those in a second. There also is a buildup now where we feel like we'll have Diana Rossini from ESPN said that uh, Aaron Rodgers will announce his decision on what he wants to do in the upcoming season um, in the very near future. So both of those things to me are are lead topics, if you will. Um, we also have a report that Troy Aikman's going to leave Fox TV and go to ESPN Monday Night Football. I'll tell you what I think of that. That one's interesting. Ooh, we're gonna we got Mark Medina join us from NBA.com, where there is. Did you guys see that the Nets are favorites to come out of the East? This, despite the fact that we don't know when the big three will play, they haven't actually played a basketball game together, and the start of their schedule, the start of the second half, is pretty arduous. But we'll we'll see. Uh, there is acrimony in Los Angeles. This per, per, per Bill Orem, the athletic reports that LeBron James and the Lakers tension is, quote, like the early days of war. Well, that's an ironic parallel, right? With everything that's going on in Ukraine that we're making war analogies. I understand it's not really a war, but it's in the early days. P- teams dug in and, and, and taking sides. On one side, you have Rob Palenka, who was set to trade for Buddy Heald. And I don't know if others have mentioned this, but I have on good authority that the trade was essentially agreed to uh, with the Sacramento Kings to acquire Buddy Heald. There was a plan in place, players they wanted to, to keep, and... LeBron James and Anthony Davis said, we don't want Buddy Heald. We want Russell Westbrook. They had met with Westbrook. They had talked to Westbrook. They explained to Westbrook his role. They had both decided this is the path they wanted to take. And the Lakers acquiesced and instead traded for Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook can't shoot. Doesn't seem to be terribly coachable. His defense is worse than anybody could have imagined. Um... So bad, in fact, that the former NBA MVP has been benched in huge clutch moments. And the Lakers, well, the Lakers have been the better because of it. Outside of that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the show? 
Now, from the LeBron standpoint, obviously they feel like Russell Westbrook isn't working, so much so that they pushed at the trade deadline to acquire John Wall, who is not playing currently for the Houston Rockets, but instead would acquire John Wall's gigantic contract in hopes that it could be better or he could be better than Russell Westbrook. So you might ask yourself, why wouldn't the Lakers do that, right? Why wouldn't they acquire a John Wall who, if nothing else, has fresh legs? And the answer is is really, really simple. Uh, the, the money is very similar. Right? Money is very similar. 44 and 47 million, 44 this year, 47 million next year, which is about the same money they're going to be on the hook for Russell Westbrook with. My, my guess would be that Palinka and Jeannie Buss, they're like, look, you guys decided on Westbrook. Now you're going to plant and pivot and change and say John Wall. Next week, it'll be somebody else or something else. We, we, we can't just keep changing ideas, and the only way for it possibly to be successful is for you guys to play together, get healthy. Let's get the most out of it we can. Because anytime you're making a move at the trade deadline like this, it's a trade out of desperation. And when you make trades out of desperation, it's like shopping when you're hungry. You're never going to get a good deal. You're just going to buy what's in front of you because you have to satisfy that, that, that hunger in your stomach. And oh yeah, by the way, John Wall, as much as um, he has otherworldly talent and Russell Westbrook's not working, let's remember John Wall didn't end up working in Washington and they were happy that he was gone even when Westbrook was back. And I understand there are other things at play with the Houston Rockets, but the fact is they are paying him to not play. They do not want him to play. If that's not a warning sign for John Wall, I don't know what else is. This is the, the Lakers and LeBron James telling the Lakers we need to blow through stop signs. Is It's like the Dukes of Hazard. Do you remember the Dukes of Hazard? Once a show... They would be driving the back roads, running from a Roscoe P. Cole train, and there would be a sign that would say bridge out of order. There would be all these signs that told them to turn around, to take a left, to do anything other than continue to go forward. They would blow through them. They would go over the bridge, which was only uh, only half a bridge. They'd make some crazy jump. They would say yeehaw, and somehow they would stick the landing. That's only in TV shows that occur on the Universal lot. What really happens is you jump over bridges and you end up in the drink. So I actually, look, I, I, think, I think not bringing back Caruso was a gigantic piece and a gigantic whiff by Rob Palenka, but I actually stand by him and agree with this idea of why would you trade for John Wall when you already have Russell Westbrook? And, oh, yeah, by the way, this getting out probably dramatically uh, hurts the relationship between LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook because, remember, he was supposed to be their guy. They recruited him. They made the decision to bring him aboard. Now they make the decision to get rid of him, only no one got rid of him. And so good luck with that relationship the rest of the year.
but the beginnings, the early days of a war. Look, what LeBron James is doing, this this whole thing is, he is leveraging the end of his career, and he wants Bronny James. Bronny James is not an NBA player as of right now. Now, can he improve? Yes. Can he make himself into one? Sure. He just played in the Open Division semifinal at home. He had four points, and they lost. In terms of overall talent of Division One basketball players, they had better talent than Harvard Westlake. It's not that he's a bad player. He's kind of just a guy. He'll be a good college basketball player. But, but LeBron trying to skip steps and make him into a one-and-done pro as well as leverage all of his relationships in L.A. and throw out the, hey, you know, no, door not closed to Cleveland. He's intentionally upsetting the apple cart. This is what LeBron does everywhere he has been. He tries to take over, and when he's told he can't take over, then he lashes out, and usually he moves on. That may end up happening here. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a good day. Oh, I saw this story. There's some spicy stories in the world of sports. This is a spicy one. Um, Danny Green, who um, is a former teammate of Ben Simmons, said this in, on a Inside the Green Room podcast. That's his podcast, Inside the Green Room. When asked if Ben Simmons will play for the Nets in March 10th against Philly. Now, will we shake hands to start? Probably not. First, I'd be highly sh- surprised if he even plays in that game. I don't know where his health is mentally, physically. I know he had other issues, and I don't. we all know that he does not like to play in Philly. So if he does play in that game, I'd be highly surprised. But say that does happen, I see it as being a very hectic playoff-like atmosphere environment to where it may be very rough for him. Depending on how he interacts, I don't have any ill wills towards the guy. I don't hate him. I don't dislike him. It's just, you know, for me, it's, just, it's whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just another being. I waste more energy going on my way to dislike him or spend energy trying to go on my way to hate him or to do things to him. You know, if he comes up and shows love, I'll say what's up. You know what I'm saying? That's the type of deal I'm on. I'm not the type of guy to not say what's up to people that doesn't say what's up to me. Let bygones be bygones. Um, th- that The last part was kind of weird too, wasn't it? Didn't the last part feel a little bit strange to anybody else? Where he's like, you know, I'm, I'm not enemies. I'm not friends or whatever. I'll say what's up to him. I'll say what's up to me. That does not sound like he's actually friendly with him. <laughs> you know? Sure, I'll be fake friendly with him if, if it, takes being fake fake friendly with him right does that i don't know did, did you, is that what you heard there jason stewart uh, i no, no I doubt heard t- huh? yeah, no doubt no doubt and, and the contradiction was um uh i have no ill will about the guy but i'm not going to spend any wasted time thinking about him <laughs> it was it was kind of a uh contradictory statement there but yeah, yeah absolutely it was a very contradictory statement very very that was really interesting I have no ill will towards him, but if that SOB wants that, I'm, I'm kidding. But that's that's kind of what it felt like. Uh, but it, like, look, he he also, um, he, he he also said it'll be tough on him, right? Which 
the Sixers are painting him, and I think it's fair to paint him as somebody who has become extra sensitive for the ribbing that he's been taking and for the critique that he's been taking from his shooting, Do I or lack thereof. Do I think that he has to overcome it? Yes. Do I think he has to overcome it March 10th? No. No. The, the issue with Ben Simmons is um, he has some form of mental block in, it's not the making, it's the even attempting shooting. I've been there. There's no one else who can have this conversation with you as an honest human being, as an athlete, not the NBA level, but the college level. This is absolutely what happened to me. Guys don't guard you. You're wide open. You feel like if you miss, it's the end of the world. You put so much pressure on yourself, so much thought into it that, let's be honest, there's almost no chance you're going to make it anyway. And coaches, oftentimes, they don't. Doc Rivers doesn't know how to coach that. He just doesn't. Doc didn't have that. Doc had supreme. Doc's son has that uh, unrelenting self-confidence that's way above his actual talent level. Doc was a tremendous player, but a complete understanding of who he was and what he was. Ben doesn't have that. He obviously lacks a a, a amount of self-confidence in his shooting. So people haven't known how to coach him, haven't known how to help him, and he hasn't been able to help himself. I would love it if he had spent this entire offseason and early season working with a psychologist, working on his game, working, 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 working. And maybe he has. But I felt like that would have been a story we have been told by now. And so in order to rebuild or just build his confidence as a shooter in the NBA, he's eventually going to have to overcome the taunts, the heckles, the boos, the the, the jeering from the crowd. I would, though, agree that March 10th is way too soon. Way too soon. You know, you got to have some success at a at a at a lesser venue and a lesser atmosphere before you can dive into that deep end and hope to succeed. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Mark Medina. He's covered the NBA for years. He writes for NBA.com. Mark, what, what do you know of the um, early stages of a war between the Lakers and LeBron? Well, I think especially in these times, it's probably not the the best analogy. But, uh, yeah, it's safe to say that there's tension. LeBron James always uh, is calculated with his words. And so what he said at All-Star Weekend with, you know, uh, you know, praising uh, Sam Presti, the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, general manager, um, is definitely a, a message sent uh, to Rob Palenka, as well as what he said to the Athletic about the window not being closed of another return to Cleveland. Uh, clearly, LeBron James is not happy that uh, the Lakers didn't make any moves to upgrade the roster prior to the trade deadline. But the problem is this: uh, the Lakers don't have any assets, and part of LeBron's fingerprints are all over that with the Westbrook trade and what it took to get him. And so it is a little ironic that he's complaining about the Lakers' inability to do things because they're in that position partly because they listened to what LeBron wanted last summer. Yeah, this is the old uh, you cooked it, you take it out, right? That's in terms of the garbage, right? That the Lakers are like, wait, this is the teammates. You, these are the teammates you wanted. Like, you, you got to figure it out. Um, I, I, that's what it feels like to, to me, at least. 
Yeah, and you know, I think in fairness to LeBron, um, you know, I, I don't think that it gets got to the point of you know, telling Rob Palenka, well, you need to trade XX and X to get Westbrook. It, I think it was more of the idea of we'd love to have Westbrook. But, you know, LeBron should know, uh, you know, being in the NBA and being in the game of what it takes to get a player of Westbrook's, you know, at least potential. Um, and so, yeah, uh, you know, it is Rob Palenka and every GM's job to know how to say no and to do their job just because a superstar player asks for something doesn't necessarily mean that they have to listen. But I think in LeBron's case, while I won't fault a player philosophically of trying to speak out and do what's best for himself and his future, um, he has to own this. So uh, in that case, he's in the wrong. Okay, so um, what 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 do the Lakers do if they come up short in the postseason, I mean, we're, let's let's not close the door, but let's assume they come up short. You're not going to have Anthony Davis for a portion of time. You still have the flaws with the team, and when they are healthy, um, and some of these people's pieces are older, what do you think happens in the short-term future of the Lakers? Well, I think the Lakers should keep all options on the table, which includes trading LeBron James and Anthony Davis, because the reality is this. Maybe it's a better window to upgrade the roster this summer prior compared to the trade deadline because they're going to have empty roster spots because of all those veteran minimum players suddenly becoming free agents. But that doesn't really address the philosophical question of how can you uh, attract uh, different deals with assets. The only assets they have are LeBron and AD. Russell Westbrook's contract's untradeable. Um, so, you know, I think the Lakers have to really huddle up and think, okay, do we bite the bullet short-term to help themselves long-term? I think at the end of the day, they don't want to be a team that trades LeBron James, especially the Lakers being a franchise that prides itself on, you know, catering to star players. Um, but I think the most likely route could be Anthony Davis because of uh, – you know, his injury situation and the fact that he hasn't proven that he can stay healthy for a sustained long period of time. But in the short term, look, Doug, I don't think, you know, the Lakers are going to, you know, dramatically change their identity the second half of the season. I think the best case scenario is for them to be in the second round and nothing less. But I do trust that in LeBron's case, he this isn't going to be a James Harden situation like it was in Brooklyn where he just checks out and, you know, isn't trying LeBron James will still put forth his best effort um, and you know make the best of his circumstances but as we've seen the first half of this Lakers season even with LeBron James playing at his absolute best at age 37 19th season the Lakers are still a barely above or below 500 team yeah no it's 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 really alarming that more people haven't pointed that out that even when he is when he's playing really well it hasn't it hasn't always ended up in wins. It's been, you know, about a 50-50. And, and that's not even against the best teams in the NBA. Okay, what, um, what about leveraging Bronny? Is that, is that a real thing? Because I'm not going to tell you, Mark, I, I, Bronny's not a one-and-done NBA player. I don't even know if he is, if his name's not LeBron James, if he is an NBA player. How has that been received in the NBA? Yeah, I think, you know, to your point, who knows what Bronny's trajectory is going to be as an actual prospect. But I think, you know, from LeBron's case, I think that's easier to leverage because he's on record saying, hey, I'll go wherever 
a team drafts Brawny and I'm willing to take the veteran minimums deal just to play with him and, hey, maybe be a mentor to everyone in the locker room, right? Uh, I think in LeBron's case, the more challenging mechanism is um, – you know, once his contract is over with the Lakers following next season, can he still command a max contract? Right now he could because he's LeBron James and playing at his absolute best. But, um, you know, Father Time has a way of showing up unannounced. And while that's certainly been a challenge at certain portions of LeBron's career the last few seasons, uh, it hasn't been dramatic enough where when he's on the court, He's not able to play at his best, but that could very well change in the next year and a half or so. So right now, LeBron is speaking in a position of you know leverage, um, but that could change if uh, if his health uh, turns for the worse. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Trader. That's the voice of a guy who, named Mark Medina, who he's covered the NBA for years. Does a great job. Check out his work at NBA. Dot com. Okay, let's let's go around the league a little bit. Then you have the Kyrie Irving situation where it feels like eventually New York is going to open up and acquiesce and allow him to avoid being vaccinated. But, man, to go from as big a mess as they were at the end of the first half of the season without Kevin Durant, you make a trade. They've never played together. We don't know when they're going to play together. There's only 23 games left in the regular season. Do you think the Nets can figure it out in time to make a legit run? They can figure it out in time because they have the talent. Um, you know, overwhelming talent can always trump continuity issues, but there also is a window of this being a house of cards. And, you know, let's, like, put the whole debate aside about just from a public standpoint, um, philosophically about the mandate, purely basketball, that's a good, uh, you know, that's good development for the Nets. You know, Kyrie Irving has been really amazing even as a part-time player when he's played but i think there's also just normal questions that Kyrie has to answer even before uh this whole pandemic of how dependable is he as a leader he hasn't you know shown that proven track record when he's been with brooklyn or in boston that uh you know that he can be relied upon as a leader in the locker room. Uh, so that's number one. Kevin Durant, uh, he's been amazing post Achilles, but you don't know if this is, uh, you know, an injury that's going to continue to keep him sideline long term. And if he does come back at some point, are there other injuries around the corner? Um, you know, Ben Simmons, I think on paper, you know, he is going to fit in with the Nets nicely because he's a great defender. He's a playmaker. He doesn't have to worry about being pressured to take shots because Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving will gladly take care of him. But uh, Ben Simmons hasn't played basketball for half a season, and we don't know where his uh, conditioning's at and where his mental makeup is. So uh, on paper, uh, there's a lot of good things that could go the Nets way, but because of all the personalities and the moving parts, uh, this could be a volatile situation as well. Uh, Mark Medina joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, what about the 76ers? What's the level of faith in the Sixers that people in the league have, as well as Embiid's playing, and now you add, potentially, when he's right, a superstar in Harden? Well, I think the Sixers upgraded by default because Ben Simmons was adamant he's not going to ever play again for the organization. So, um you know, they had to cut those losses, and they got James Harden. He's going to suddenly be motivated to play once he's healthy. Uh, he has that history with Daryl Morey. Um, but there are also questions here. They gave up some depth 
to get James Harden with Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. And, uh, you know, Joel Embiid is in the running for MVP, but, you know, he's a lot more effective when there's proven shooters around him. It helps that James Harden is a proven shooter, but can they find that right chemistry? Um, You know, because those are two guys that are used to having – the ball in their hands a lot and you know both guys have you know struggled in past seasons when they've had to learn how to coexist with another star player that is codependent on having the ball so um you know i think when you look big picture with the eastern conference on paper the nets and the sixers are the favorites in that order but because it's not just about basketball with either of those teams uh, there is a recipe uh, for both teams to fall on another Eastern Conference contender uh, to supplant them. Well, that, that makes that makes complete sense. Who would be that other Eastern Conference? It's what Milwaukee, Philly, Brooklyn, and did Boston save their season? Well, I, I know the the Celtics are improving, but I am kind of in a wait and see mode with them. Uh, you know, they're going to make the playoffs, but as far as being back in the mix, I'm a little skeptical. I go with the Bucks because, you know, they're the defending champs. Giannis is continuing to play really well, so are Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. They mostly have continuity, with exception of losing P.J. Tucker, and there's optimism that Baruch Lopez will come back at some point this season. But, you know, you also look at some of the overachieving teams in the East so far this season with the Chicago Bulls and the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think that they have shown that while I wouldn't put them as the favorites in the Eastern Conference landscape, I don't think that they're just, hey, a cute playoff team that can make some noise. Uh, They do have the talent and the competitiveness to upset a team. So in the event that, you know, Brooklyn and Philadelphia don't have their you-know-what together, uh, those teams could take advantage of that. Mark, uh, in a previous life, actually a previous job, you went for the Bay Area News Group. You covered the Warriors. Um, Because of the mess that is the Lakers, because, you know, Chris Paul now has a thumb issue, because of all these other teams, it feels like the Warriors getting Clay back, Jonathan Kaminga and his success as a rookie, some of that has gone under under the radar. How good do they think they are? They think they're really good. They they have had a relative rough patch before the All-Star break because Draymond Green has been out for an extended period of time. At first, their defensive numbers were okay, but that could only sustain long-term. And um, while they're certainly prioritizing Draymond Green's long-term health, you know they might have to go through a next handful of games without him. But I think big picture... Uh, they're very bullish because, you know, for the obvious reasons with Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Andre Iguodala, a good uh, uh, collection of young players, most n- namely Jordan Poole and Jonathan Kaminga. But, you know, I think if you're going to look at the, the weakness, they don't have the same kind of depth at center. Uh, partly because James Wiseman is out, partly because he's had hiccups his rookie season, and you juxtapose that with the Phoenix Suns, with having DeAndre Ayton, having reinforcements with JaVale McGee. There are people around the NBA that think that that's going to be a difference maker if they meet in the playoffs, but the Warriors are bullish that they don't have to match size for size for two reasons. One, it's the modern NBA. Um, you know, centers aren't as important as it was in the past. But two, they feel like they just have so much versatility and skill that at the end of the day, they're going to rely on Draymond Green at center in key playoff moments. And he's shown that he can thrive in that position when yeah. when it counts. What's going to happen with Wiseman? 
Well, uh, he's continuing his rehab, um, but there's no clear indication on when he's going to be ready to play. I think the Warriors are looking at it like this. Uh, there's no pressure on him because, look, they've been able to, to win uh, fine just now. So they're looking at it as another body and a guy that can give them minutes when needed in the playoffs. Uh, they expect that there might be some ups and downs with him because that's what he showed his rookie season. But the comforting factor that the Warriors can lean on is that they have so much talent, uh, veteran experience, and youth that, you know, frankly, their success doesn't hinge on his availability. Do the, do the Pelicans feel like they can get Zion back on the floor in their uniform? Uh, information vacuum. I wish I, I could tell you the answer there because they have not offered clarity on what Zion's progress is, what other benchmarks he needs to check. The only clarity that they've offered uh, every few weeks is that, hey, he's experienced a, a setback and you know they're going to continue to monitor his workload. But um, I, I've gotten to the point that I don't think the Pelicans can rely on Zion Williamson returning this season, and maybe it's even fair to wonder next season as well. Mm. Mm, crazy stuff. Check out his work at NBA.com. He's, uh, he does a great job. Mark, thank you so much for your time. Always interesting. We appreciate you catching up with us. Always love talking basketball with you, Doug. Hang in there. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. I'm not wrong to think this is a pretty iconic beginning to a song, right? Everyone knows what that song is. Check out the latest lines on World of Sports, Better Better Sportsbook. Better Resist the trusted name online sports betting. you got to be 21. President in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's get to a game. This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Dan Beyer, what's the game, bud? Doug, the game today is... <laughs> I feel a draft. Now, it should be noted, we have had this game uh, ready to go for weeks. In the week, uh, three weeks ago, we were ready to do it, and John Ramos was not here. So we have held off for John Ramos's participation in this game. As Doug, today, we are drafting songs... You always hear on the radio that are always on the radio for some reason or another. I'm looking more of the songs of the past 5 to 10 to 20 to 30 to 40 years, maybe not current hits, because obviously current hits are going to be played. But there are songs that could be 30 and 40 years old that are always on the radio. All right? Yeah. John Ramos, right. you pick first. Doug, you pick second. I'll pick third. Jason Stewart will pick fourth. And we will reverse in that order for the second round. John Ramos, you are on the clock. Uh, I, this is a song that I always hear all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Take on me. Every day I turn the radio on, this song's on. And what's interesting about that song is... That song makes all of us who are about the same age think of one thing. The video, not the song, right? Great video. I love the whole album, by the way. It's great. Hunting High and Low. Magnificent. 
But that song is always on. It is always on. I'm kind of resentful, though, that uh, John gets the production value. I have, I have a feeling we're well, not all going to get our songs played. <laughs> no, I, I'm going to try to do it when really? I hear you. I don't know your song, oh, so that's wow. what I'm going to try. Yeah, Doug, you are up at number two in this draft, which, by the way, killed our uh, other music bed. That, I'm there sorry, it is. I forgot about the bed. The game Most time. played songs of all time? No, just songs that you always hear on the radio. Like, God, this song is just always on. They never stop playing it. When you're in the car, you're driving, like, oh, there's that song again. I listen to the All Ball podcast by this guy Doug Gottlieb. <laughs> it's amazing. Or the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. I thought this is going to be the best game did, ever. This may be the worst game did ever. Did you want to trade spaces with me, Doug? Because no, just to no, think I'm about okay. it more? I'm okay. Um,. I think we'd all agree that, like, whatever is hot, you know, like, there's that weekend song that was uh, played to death last year. Like, if you listen to Kiss FM locally, right, that's what you hear. Um, Ramos, here's what's weird is that song probably played mostly on an oldies station, right? And it, but it, that now is like an oldies. We're talking about the aha song, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it's just it's what weird. I hear all yeah, the time. So. I hear it on a lot yeah. of AC stations and you get you know the best hits of the 80s 90s and today and they'll still play yeah. take on me um i'll tell you what i hear and maybe it's because it brings me back to a place when i was in high school i hear smells like teen spirit all the time mm. there, there's a song that that i that gets in my head get gives me it's called an earworm right it gets in your head and when i hear that guitar riff that solo guitar riff to start the sh- yeah hey I feel like jumping into somebody, and <laughs> mosh, mosh pitting, yeah. mosh pitting somebody, and like you, yeah. you immediately start nodding your head. Yeah, you're right. You start looking around your closet for something yeah. flannel, and then you want to jump around and bang into somebody. That is off the board at number two. Nirvana smells like Teen Spirit. I am up at number three. Hotel California with the third overall pick by the Eagles. In fact, I heard it this morning, which made me say we have to do the game today. Hotel California. I don't know. Maybe it's a California thing that it's always on, but Hotel California is my pick at number three. I want to say that the the uh, most selling album of all time is the Eagles' greatest hits album with this song on it. I want to say that. You always hear these Eagles songs. Like, when you uh, mentioned we were going to do this game, I'm thinking, what's a song that if I'm at, like, uh, Ralph's or a grocery store, you hear in the background? It's, mm-hmm. like, it's constantly on. Um, and the song that I can't get out of my uh, head once I hear it in a grocery store is Outcast. Uh, that song that also, if you're at a wedding and it comes on, white people love to dance to this song. That hey ya, what is that? Hey yeah ya, how's that go? John? Why do only white people like to dance? <laughs> I just picture a bunch of white people at a wedding dancing in the song. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, hey now by Outcast off the board yeah. at number four. Or hey yeah, excuse me. Yeah, get it right. Dan. Yeah, this hey, shows yeah. out. Hey yeah, from Outcast at number four, number five. I <laughs> Vito Violante loving the tunes. Jason, you have back to back picks songs that you always oh, hear okay. on the radio. Um, and I, you know, I just saw a documentary this uh, this weekend on on Rick James, and obviously the derivation of this song, but can't touch this by Hammer 
is just one of those songs that you just can't get away really? from. You well, really you want to. I don't hear it. Oh, yeah. come on. Again, walk into some grocery stores today, Doug. You'll, you'll, you'll eventually hear it. Can't touch this. That goes off the board at number five. MC Hammers, you can't touch this. Off the board at number six. Sorry, it is always on. Bohemian Rhapsody, Queen. Always on. Uh, always. At least once a day, you will hear at least some part of that song. You could probably put four Queen songs in this draft if you wanted to, but Bohemian Rhapsody is always on the radio. Okay. Always. All right, Doug, you're up at number seven. Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. It takes two. It <laughs> Where do you hear that on Coast 103.5? <laughs> I just hear it. You can slide this in on any station it works. <laughs> you can slide it in on any station it works. Oh, all right, John. Who Rob- doesn't like this song? No, I'm not saying that everybody likes it. I just don't hear it on the radio ever. That's that was the whole point. John <laughs> Ramos, you're up we at number to eight. Stations. Yeah, that's true. Fair enough. Fair point. Number eight, John Ramos. Um, this is a song I always hear all the time. I don't know if you guys do, but I always hear. Oh, come on, Eileen! Come on, yes. Eileen. Come on I, 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 the place. I'd written it down. Yes. Man, <laughs> I don't know anybody who's like, man, I need to hear that song again. But it's always there for you. Uh, that was game time. <laughs> That's game, huh? This is Game Time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Game Time is brought to you by Hustler Turf, the brand lawn care professionals have trusted for years. Go to HustlerTurf.com. That's HustlerTurf.com. More on the Packers and Aaron Rodgers and what he was told last offseason. Next.